sorry, minister and the deputy minister and the DG and the team of legal service and all um, uh, officials uh, who are in attendance. Uh, we hope that uh, we all have celebrated the Women's uh, Day yesterday, and we still extend our wish for the Women's Day uh, month um, central to the issues that are coming out, which of all of us have noted, is that we must continue taking responsibility to fight and uh, create awareness around the uh, gender-based uh, violence uh, that uh, in the main is uh, around uh, demonstrated uh, to women. Uh, and I think as men, we've taken course to uh, make sure that uh, we participate and create awareness around that and other areas which uh, our government uh, yesterday has spoke on around, uh, including the reflection uh, the president has uh, indicated uh, yesterday. Um, I also want to note that uh, Home Affairs, I think the minister of the DG, where we're observing uh, the imbizo in uh, the side of Haute, where uh, there's an issue around the Zamazama uh, uh, crisis. And in the main, there, there's a role which uh, Home Affairs has to reflect on. We've noted the Director General's uh, responses on the responsibilities that Home Affairs will undertake in order to respond to what our community members are raising on the ground. In relation to the, the illegal uh, 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 immigrants, or illegal minors who I don't, don't have even a relevant document to be in the country. I think we're taking note as a committee, and we'll pay more interest uh, on that area. We'll also uh, uh, probably be joining the two committees that will be conducting oversight uh, to that area uh, to look on the issues and get uh, progress on update on the work that has been already done by the uh, our government or security cluster. On that note, as we have concluded our meeting last week, there were a few outstanding issues. Uh, Mr. Matunz, if you can highlight the agenda, that uh, we ought to reflect on in this meeting and finalize uh, so that we're able to allow the team to conclude the drafting of the, of the A-list that this committee needs to adopt. We may not take long, uh, given the extent to which we've uh, now uh, deliberated on almost all the issues. And some of the issues that they were outstanding. Last week, we've dealt with the issue of the requirements, the quota, and uh, we've taken also dealt with the issue of the, the cooling of a uh, period. We could not deal with the issue of the participation um, arising from the inputs that uh, the Honorable uh, Pillay have, have raised with the IC, and the IC has requested to come back uh, to, the, to the committee. We also need to deal with the issue of the uh, finalized on the area of the um, uh, agents, uh, uh, party agents that will, or agents that will participating during the elections. If there are other issues that members need to come back uh, on the areas that we have dealt with, members will be allowed to uh, to reflect on that. We're going to allow Mr. Matonsi to run on the apologies. Uh, if there's any apology from members, and I will get indication from stakeholders in attendance so that we are able to move to the item number three. Mr. Matonzi. Uh, good morning, Chair. Yeah, I do have three apologies. Uh, one is from the Deputy Minister. 
Then the other one is from Miss Van der Merven. Then the third one is from Miss Tito. She said she's taking a flight to from Pumalanga, so she might be joining us late. Uh, but if we're going to be finishing early, and then she might not be able to join us. So that's all she has. Thank you very much. Uh, those apologies are noted and accepted. Let me check uh, from the, uh, the the deputy minister. I think has indicated that is in attendance. Um, it may not. It may have been a communication crisis, but I will allow it uh, uh, as I call them to indicate if there will be any apology or members will be um, leaving the meeting earlier than we have to conclude. Can I check with the Parliamentary Legal Service if there's any apology to be rendered? Mr. Njigela? Daksha? Uh, good morning, Chair and Members. Um, yes, uh, there's an apology from Ms. Talana Palistaki. She won't be in attendance today. Thank you. Noted. Um, State Law Advisor? Ms. Gavinda. Good morning, Chairperson and Honourable Members. Um, there are no apologies from our side, Chair. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, Omar first, uh, Minister. Uh, Deputy Minister. Thank you very much, Chair. I am here in attendance, uh, just like in the last meeting. The only apology I'll have is that I'm... Uh, they're taking the meetings from the rural areas, so there might be a bit of natural challenges there and there. But I, I, I am in the meeting. Thank you. Is that uh, any apology from Obama first? I, I think Chad uh, was an understanding because the DG is also not here. He has some other things that he needs to attend to. And also the minister is, is not here, but I am here from the side of Obama first. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Deputy Minister uh, Nzunza. Um, uh, Commissioner Miebza um, uh, uh, and Commissioners, because in the last four meetings, I think we've been uh, you have been leading the delegation of the IC. Uh, can you, if you are in, or Deputy Commissioner, yes, Lass, if, oh, yes, yes, if I could, uh, if I could convey some apologies. Um, and the CEO uh, submit their apologies. They are away on the business of the IEC. Um, I am accompanied by Dr. Masuku um, and um, I, from people who are in the executive of the IEC, including the acting CEO, um, Mr. Shipuri, and um, uh, there are a couple of other people who um, are here from the administration, including um, the head of our legal uh, department, um, Advocate Roth. Thanks uh, uh, to you and to honorable members. Thanks, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, uh, Commissioner Love. Uh, all apologies are noted and accepted. Um, Will uh, also, uh, Commissioner Love, correctly, uh, there was that indication last in the last meeting that uh, uh, both the CEO and the Commissioner uh, Miyato won't be in the meeting. But also in your absence, there have been uh, apologies that have been noted on your behalf. Morning. Now we're going to item number three. I will uh, invite the IEC Commissioner Love and you'll delegate on how you're going to run the meeting. Thank you. 
Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson, and thanks again to honourable members. Um, I'm going to, we have um, sent a presentation on the three items. And I'm going to ask the acting CEO uh, to go through the presentation. And then if there are any further questions or issues, we'll deal with them then. So, um, CEO Shibrit, over to you. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, uh, Deputy Minister, Honorable Members, Members of the Commission, uh, colleagues. Good morning. Uh, Chair, we present what we understood as outstanding matters. We had also confirmed with the Committee Secretariat to avoid or to ensure that the input accord with the expectation of the committee. And we advised that there were three matters that we needed to come back to the committee on, and we shall do this uh, in turn. The first issue, Chair, related, a, a concern was raised at the last meeting in respect to the calculation method that we had recommended in Schedule 1A. And the concern was that in certain instances, it is possible for parties to lose seats that they have been previously allocated. Uh, what do we mean by that? A party gets an, a seat, and when a vacancy is triggered by an independent, when we do the recalculation, uh, the submission was that it is possible for parties then to lose seat that they already had. We have gone back to look at this issue, and we address it in two parts. The first is during the initial seat allocation uh, at the end, at the conclusion of an election. That's the first scenario. The second scenario is when a vacancy needs to be filled and which vacancy uh, was triggered by an independent losing membership of a legislative assembly. Let's start with the first one, uh, during the election. The, the point that we first make is that the scenario that was raised uh, is mathematically possible in the compensatory calculation of National Assembly, but it has never occurred uh, hitherto. Since we've had elections of national and provincial elections, we've never had to deal with that thing, but we accept that it's theoretically and mathematically possible. And it is so because it is highly unlikely that a party can get a seat with a very few numbers that have been used to illustrate the point. This is so because in the current Schedule 1A, the seats are allocated on a highest remainder up to a maximum of five seats, whereafter we use the highest average votes per seat method. So in other, what that means is that it is not possible that a party or an independent may get seats with such low numbers that it will make this scenario possible. Next slide. So we, we also making a point that the re recalculation as we propose still meets uh, in the requirement for proportionality in general. And the last point to be made here, Chair, is that if this scenario were to present itself, we will be able to deal with it in terms of items five, 
6 and 7 to the current Schedule 1A. And those schedules are part of the extant law as it currently stands. So if this scenario were to arise, there are mechanisms at the point of allocating seats to deal with this uh, with this with this scenario and as it relates to for, uh, the, the the threat of a party losing a seat at the point of first allocation we think the matter is uh, is, is 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 dealt with enough and there is no need to uh, occasion further amendments to schedule 1a so what we propose is that schedule 1a in this respect stands as it currently is next slide the next scenario, Chair, is a possibility that a party or candidate may lose a seat that they held as a result of a recalculation to determine a new quota to fill a vacancy uh, left by an independent candidate. Here we are making the point that the, it, is, it is possible mathematically for the scenario to arise. And to deal with it, we are proposing the following reformulation to item 34 of Schedule 1A, that we redraft item 34 of Schedule 1A to make it clear that in an event that a party or independent stands to lose a seat during the recalculation as contemplated in item 34 of Schedule 1A, the party or independent will retain the seat. In other words, the party or independent should not lose a seat that is vested in it as a result of an election. So if there's a vacancy and a recalculation is done and it changes the, the quota, we make it clear that the party that has a seat retains that seat, it doesn't lose that seat. And how do you deal to ameliorate the situation is that once you've, once you've confirmed that seat to a party or that independent, you remove the votes cast for that party or independent and the seat that has been confirmed for that party or independent from the equation, and you do a new forfeiture recalculation. If this suggestion is accepted, Chair, it will make it clear that no party or independent will lose a seat midterm only because a recalculation is necessary to fill a vacancy left vacant by a, a seat left vacant by an independent. And there is already precedent to this because in the current municipal electoral scheme, there is almost a reverse forfeiture already applied in the municipal in the in the municipal election to avoid parties that had won seat uh, losing seat as a result uh, of, a, of a of a of a recalculation. This deals with the first concern that was raised in the, in the last meeting. Next slide. The next slide, Chair, uh, was a question whether an independent can stand for both national and provincial legislature. And let me upfront indicate that this is different from the debate that was settled by the committee in its last two meetings. This is different from an independent being able to contest multiple regions. The committee has decided that an independent will be locked into a region in which they are registered. So this is a distinct matter from that matter that has been uh, settled by the, uh, by, the, by the committee. This relates to whether an independent should be able to contest the National Assembly seat from a region 
and also stand as a candidate for an election in a provincial legislature. Our submission share is that the bill as it stands and consequentially Schedule 1A gives effect to the bill, permits an independent to contest both elections. The only condition is that because a independent is an individual, they can only occupy a single seat. So an independent may contest both elections with a proviso that if elected, they can only be elected to one seat and therefore they will, they will forfeit the other seat if they win more than one seat. The primary motivation for this chair is that the elections of a national assembly and a provincial legislature are two different elections. They may be conducted at the same time, but they are elections for different assemblies. They are independent of each other. So there could not be any uh, reasonable bar to an independent not to contest uh, both, uh, both, both, both elections. The last point, uh, Chair, that we uh, that you the committee has asked us to deal with relates to party agents, and the matter, as we understand, has already been settled by the by the portfolio committee in principle, in that independent candidates like parties are entitled to appoint and be represented by agents at voting and counting stations. The only issue that we had asked the committee, the, the committee to reconsider is that we should not place, we should, the, the bill must only deal with the principle that says all contestants, independents and, party, and parties are entitled representation by, uh, by agents. And we beseech the committee to, to, to agree with us that the details should be left to the regulation. So if that is carried, if the committee is with us, we will, we will propose a phrasing that will substitute the current text in the A-list as it stands. So the, the phrasing will be akin uh, the following lines. A party and independent candidate are entitled to be represented by party agents at a voting and counting station as prescribed. And the details of that we deal with in the in the regulations. Why do we prefer to deal with this in the regulation? The chair, in the last election in uh, 2019, we had 48 political parties. There is no way that we could have a voting station big enough to accommodate those number of, uh, of, of agents if you put that in the law. So if you put it in the regulation, the commission may prescribe then principles that will underpin observation. Those will be, among others, the following. For example, parties are entitled, uh, 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 parties and independents are entitled to be represented by, uh, by, by agents where the station or the configuration of a voting station that cannot accommodate the numbers, parties may take turns uh, to, to observe uh, and also write in that they will have an opportunity to rotate and observe at all the three key points in the voting station where observation where observation uh, is permitted. Uh, we wish to conclude our input share. One, and by way of summary, is that there is no need to amend Schedule 1A to deal with a fear for a loss of a seat by a party at the point where we allocate the seat because we think 
items five, six, and seven of the Schedule One A, as it stands, deals with the matter uh, competently. Secondly, we propose a redrafting to Schedule Thirty Four to make it clear that midterm a party may not lose a seat by only the reason that a recalculation is necessary to fill a seat vacated by a by a by an independent. Thirdly, uh, that uh, we it is our submission that independents should be able to stand for both the National Assembly as well as a provincial legislature on condition that they only contest the region in which they are resident or they are registered as well as the legislature in which they are re registered with a proviso that that such independent may only be elected to a single uh, to a to a single seat the last point relates to party agents we uh, submit that the committee the committee has settled the matter our only submission here is that we ask the committee to deal with the de details by way of regulation that it authorizes the commission to deal with this by way of 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 uh, of regulation and that the bill should not prescribe the number of agents that an independent and or party are entitled to. That concludes the input of the commission this morning. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Shiburi. Um, I assume Commissioner Love will, or commissioners will come back once members have commented, made comments. Um, you, can I get an indication for your comfort? <laughs> That's, that's fine, Chairperson. I think that's put this. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, members. This is a, a, a brief a presentation on the issues that the committee has been deliberating on, and we have sought clarity on certain areas. Um, it's not a new um, uh, presentation to the committee that we may to take back uh, where it's for the committee to comment and, and take decision on. I want to request members to structure on how we'll deal with the today's uh, discussion. One is to make comments on the issues that are arising from the, from the report. And uh, two, then deal with the allow the IC to respond and then deal with the issues that we must take care of decisions on. Um, that uh, in the last meeting, we could not uh, uh, finalize. And I think this informs our last uh, 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 discussion so that we're able to frame on the, those issues that uh, we ought to, uh, uh, to take. In the main, there were three key issues that the committee must finalize today so that we give effect to the uh, drafting of the of the of the of the of the a list and other issues already has been has been taken but members can still deal with those uh, issues for uh, a concern i will invite honorable pile honorable honorable ross honorable Jose, honorable kanile and honorable mudisemza then uh, we'll will then allow IC if there's any other response to uh, to take. But in the discussions, if these members are able to also take decisions in the in the areas where you are inputting, that also will be will be fine so that we 
were able to be concise on, on, on time. In that order, Honorable Pile. Good morning, Chairperson. Thank you very much. And good morning to all honorable members, all stakeholders, and everyone present. Chair, thank you. Um, I'm going to start off with um, uh, the first point that, well, actually the latter point that you raised, that we could bring back um, a, a matter uh, before I go into the IEC's presentation. Chair, in light of the submissions that we've received from the um, um, state law advisor, parliamentary legal services, and the presentation made by the IEC, um, I want to beg your indulgence in allowing us to um, withdraw the three months um, cooling off period on the basis that uh, we take, you know, we, we take counsel um, on, on the matter and particularly in light of the fact that it may be quite cumbersome and challenging for the IEC to be able to police or manage. Uh, and we don't want to make the work of the IEC any more complicated or difficult. Um, we would like to propose um, that we, we, we drop the three months uh, waiting period. Um, that's the first item I wanted to raise. In respect of the presentations that we've received, Chair, um, the first item, um, I want to support the uh, proposal made that there is this um, um, amendment or addition in terms of ensuring that a political party or independent does not lose a seat that they've already been allocated. So I, I accept uh, the presentation made by the IEC in saying that, yes, it is covered in all of the different um, uh, provisions made in Schedule 1A. Uh, however, there is that uh, suggestion that says, um, if we accept the suggestion, it will be clear that the independent or party will not lose it, and that there, there should be some uh, addition made in terms of, of, I think it's the second slide or third slide. So I want to support that statement that was made by the IEC that says that it must be put in, um, that says that they will not um, you know, forfeit the seat in the, in the case of uh, filling up vacancies. Uh, then in respect of the second item, Chair, which is one of the questions that I raised uh, on whether an IC would be able to contest both legislatures uh, or the National Assembly and the provincial. Um, and, and, and I accept well, I think that, that, yes. Sorry, Honorable, uh, uh, I think you, you, you wanted to say independent, not IC contesting elections. No, IC is independent candidate. That's oh, what yeah. it's being referred to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ICs, yeah, ICs. Uh, so independent candidates. Chair, um, yeah, I, I accept that they are allowed to contest both. Uh, and again, that with the provision that they are only occupying a single seat. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh, it's it's um, logical. But the concern I still raise is where do they occupy that seat? And, and I think maybe the IEC needs to just explain how is that going to be addressed? Um, is it going to be where they get the higher number of votes or are they going to leave them to a choice? Because I think leaving any person to a choice becomes uh, a disadvantage um, to any other um, party or independent contesting. For example, if a political party has enough uh, seats in the National Assembly and an, an independent candidate has a seat both in the national and the provincial legislature and chooses 
to occupy the seat at the National Assembly. It means that that party who, who reached the quota of a seat is going to lose that seat because the independent is choosing to, to occupy the seat in the National Assembly. So I think it needs to be clarified, that part, about where they occupy the seat. Yes, it's one seat, it's one person, but it has to be stipulated in advance that this is where one would occupy the seat and not being left after the election to decide on that. Um, and in respect of the, the agents or party agents chair, I want to um, agree that we've, we've addressed this matter where we have proposed that the principle of allowing for agents um, are going to be captured correctly within the bill, but the provision in terms of numbers and, and the details thereafter will be dealt with in regulations by the IEC. So the principle must remain with no numbers attached to it. The principle of saying that, the, that it is allowed, but the details will then be, be dealt with um, by the, the IEC. Like we did say, uh, the principle of deposit is allowed, but the, the amount that is going to be required will be dealt with in terms of regulations. Um, and I'm going to stop there for now, Chair. Thank you. Thank you um, for your contribution, Honorable Pillay. Honorable Moleko. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, I was a little bit confused, but I think Honorable Pillay has been able to uh, make me understand. Maybe the IEC can also uh, clarify further because. I did not understand clearly on the feeling of the seat vacated by the independent. As we know that independents are individuals are not like political parties. Maybe they can be able to uh, elaborate more so that I be on par with their, uh, their, their comment. But otherwise, a person... I think I support the comment made by Honorable today on all issues that he has commented. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Mulekwa. Honorable Ruas. Thank you, Chairperson, and uh, thank you to the IEC for the, the presentation. Um, Chairperson, firstly, I, I do agree with Honorable Pillay in terms of the withdrawal of the three-month period uh, for the reasons given. Um, then going on to the items presented today, um, I think you know it's often mentioned that the reason this nev never happened before, et cetera. And the reason that's never happened is that you have a system currently where you first calculate the overall proportionality and then you top up from lists. Um, so also, you know, comparing to local government, it's, it's a diff slightly different electoral system um, with first past the post in the ward. There's a different way of calculating proportionality, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was the recalculation in the event of resignation that, that we'd focused on. Um, and, and what we sit now, Chair, you know, is, is with quite complex, something that we'd made quite simple is now very complex. And you almost need to press the button like on a slot machine and then see which numbers come up um, at the end. Um, because, you know, we talk about now, let's, now, we, now we take a whole somebody that uh, would have lost a seat. Now we give them their seat and we take them out of the calculation. Um, we haven't seen any calculations on, on what this means. What is the impact of that? What is the impact if you have a very large party 
that is that is suddenly taken out of the calculation? What is the impact on the um, on the seat quota then in that recalculation? Um, and it's it's really problematic, chairperson, because essentially we're going forward here in the dark. And what we really needed was the presentation of the system as it is proposed, and then see that calculated against the 2019 result, for example, or see some scenarios of, you know, what does it mean if, if uh, the EFF got the extra or lost the seat and you took out all these seats, what is the impact on that, uh, that calculation? And so, so we're really being put in a very difficult situation here, Chair, because we, it, it, it seems like a very simple little sentence, but it could have profound impact um, that we can't see. And to a person, we, we really need to see these calculations. We need to see it against some, some real figures. Um, because, you know, what I'd spoken about last week was a possibility that somebody could lose their seat. And it was sort of said that it cannot be, but now it turns out that it can be. And, uh, and this is the concern that I have with this whole thing. You know, Chair, we had a very neat solution. And the neat solution is to say that we use the existing system, we do the calculation, um, Yes, according to the current system, those extra seats can result in a recalculation, and that's fine. But once you have your election result, then you have the, the final calculation, and you just top up from that recalculation. Um, it's, there's all sorts of things that are being created here now. The uncertainty of what happens with this recalculation, what effect does it have um, on, the, on the quota in that second round, um, I, I believe can be quite profound. But I think, you know, we, we had a simple solution, Chairperson. We, we do the calculation one round based on one um, seat quota for everybody. Those uh, independents, if they got more than one seat, then those extra seats are forfeited. If a party didn't have enough on their list, then they forfeit the extra seats. Then we do a recalculation based on those uh, open seats. We fill them up. We have a result. And then as an independent uh, re resigns, then we take the next person either on the remainders or um, on the highest percentages. And this was a very, it was just a neat and elegant solution. And after the election, we know what is what. Um, so as a chairperson, I, you know, we, we stick to our guns on that one, that, that we should have stayed with that um, proposal that we'd originally made as the committee, because now this is getting very confusing. Um, and, and we go on to the second point of both the National Assembly and the provincial legislatures. And uh, once again, I agree with Honorable Pillay. It's, it's important then if, if you have this scenario of, uh, of standing for provincial legislature and National Assembly, and you have this convoluted recalculation system um, that the candidate must choose what, what their preference is up front. Because you have a danger here then that a candidate can afterwards look and say, okay, um, let me see in the different regions what the recalculation will be, who will win, who will lose. Um, and, and you could have a scenario where, where an independent can, can literally have the option of looking at that and affecting who gets in and who doesn't because we have this, this convoluted system. And so, Chairperson, I, I agree with Honorable Pele on this. I think it, it should be up front. We, we had said that where you get the most votes, um, you, you should go in there. I guess here we're saying that you should also then say, I would go to the National Assembly as opposed to the provincial legislature, just so you don't get to the point where now you have a result and somebody has to choose, and those choices can have a profound effect on who else gets in and, and potentially be manipulated. 
On point number three, Chair, the party agents, um, it, it is the DA's position that we need at least one. Um, we, we cannot have a situation where you have none or you are rotated out. Because if if a party agent is outside the voting station for 10 minutes, then they may as well have not been there the whole day. Um, you, you have to be there the whole day to make sure that at no stage that there's any irregularity. So, Chairperson, I, I don't believe we can leave it to regulation. Um, there needs to be, you know, things like um, whether you can award two or whether at some stage you can put it down to one, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of thing can be in regulation, um, but we need at least one party agent. So, Chairperson, in the recent by-election, for example, I mean, we, we had a tent that was very small, uh, but there we were able to have two party agents. But, you know, if the venues are not big or the, the tents are too small, then they need to be bigger. Or we need to build schools in different areas that we have proper voting stations so that we don't have the scenario, that we have an area that is big enough. So I think the owner shouldn't be to say that um, you should deny a party or, a, or an independent candidate their right to observe the election. Um, we should rather say we need at least one party agent at all times, because otherwise the other risk you have is that it's up to the presiding officer to say, I feel that the, the, the voting station's too close. And I feel that there's too many people here. I feel that we need to rotate. Um, and then it's very difficult to go back and say, well, um, you know, uh, you're right or you were wrong. So I, I truly believe, you know, we need to say that there should be at least one party agent from, from all of those uh, being represented. And then one knows before an election who is on that list and you get a, a venue or a tent accordingly to accommodate for those party agents. Finally, Chairperson, I think, you know, um, it, it's, I think we, we had an unfortunate scene last, last meeting, um, and I think it's a shame that the IEC didn't concede and to say that, that we were right. Um, I, you know, I think I was accused of being um, disingenuous in that, um, but, but in fact, it, it was correct what I was saying, is that, that it, it is a fact that this, uh, this recalculation system can result in a, in a party losing its seat. So I think it's just really, um, it's a bit of a shame that the IC didn't concede that and say, okay, you know, Honorable Rossi, you were actually right. Uh, we, we concede that. Uh, but it's fine, Chairperson. You know, I think we've, we've uh, undertaken these uh, considerations in a very um, good tone. And, and let's just continue with that, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable West, for your contributions. Honorable Lekhwase. Thank you very much, Chairperson and the colleagues on the platform. Chairperson, I would really like to align myself with the sentiments raised by both my colleagues on the issue of the cooling period falling off or being dropped off for the main reason that honestly it is almost impossible for the IEC to be able to verify or vet each and every individual that will be standing for the elections. So the cooling period falls off. And Chair, maybe I would want more or an explanation on the feeling seats vacated by the independent. I honestly did not capture that one well. And Chair, on the issue of the independents having a party agent, I think we are all agreeing that they need to have a party agent. And my view would be that, yes, like the IECS suggested, we must just leave it to regulations. And then also one would want to really know if an independent is allowed to 
stand for elections in both the legislature and the NA? Is it going to be left unto them to decide? Let's say a, a, a candidate qualifies in both. Is it going to be left to both to choose whether they want to stand it, to hold a position in the legislature or in the NA? Can there be a way whereby they decide before going for elections whether they are contesting in the legislature or the NA? Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Jose, for your contributions. Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, colleagues. Um, Chairperson, I have been covered by the speakers or my colleagues that have spoken before me on a number of issues. Uh, however, there's just one issue that I want to um, reiterate on. Uh, the issue of filling of, um, of a seat after it has been vacated by the independent candidates. I think Honorable Ross also indicated that if IEC possibly can give us um, a, a, an example of a calculation using the 2019 um, results of the, of, the, of the votes, I think that should make a lot of sense because I'm, I'm hearing that if uh, an independent candidate um, vacates the seat and the recalculation is done, uh, the, uh, the party or the independent candidates are not going to lose their seats. However, in the previous meeting, a lot of people were saying um, if uh, the recalculation is done, there is a high possibility that an independent candidate or a party will lose the seat. So um, to what they have presented today, is it possible for IEC to give us an example and do a practical um, example like in calculation using the 2019 um, um, results. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Kanyele, for your contributions. Honorable Mudisimta. Thank you very much, Chair. Let me firstly agree with the notion that we should withdraw the cooling off period. And also, Chair, to say, I'm quite comfortable with the views expressed by IEC that uh, should there be a, a vacancy, um, uh, there are mechanisms currently in place to be able to deal uh, with such a situation should it arise. So I'm quite uh, comfortable with, with the views expressed. On the issue of independence standing in the provincial and national assembly, I think it makes sense what my colleagues would have expressed that is it not possible that the independent should indicate prior to the voting taking place uh, which seat they would want to occupy either in the province, the provincial legislatures or the national assembly because it will really be a manipulation when, when um, that decision has to be taken after the votes where an independent will have an option of uh, taking where he would have received um, better results or feel where they would want to occupy a seat. On party agents, Chair, uh, I also want to support that the details should be left completely to regulations. And I feel that it is uh, in bad taste where we would want to say uh, or, or, or give IEC the burden of, of, of venues. It is not IEC's problem that some of voting districts, uh, it's, uh, we utilize schools, and those schools have those venues, whether they are big or small. And really, it is not their problem that they should build new schools uh, to make them venues that will, will be able to accommodate 
all uh, party agents or not. And I don't think it's a business also that needs us to deal with. We are not here to deal with uh, the, uh, the, the sizes of venues, but we are dealing with a bill that we need to amend. Therefore, I, I really support the fact that the, the details of how that will be taken care of should be left completely to regulations. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I see the hand of uh, Honorable uh, Pile. Chairperson, <clears throat> thank you very much for acknowledging me. Chair, I, I just wanted to, to see clarity because um, in the ICS presentation, um, they, de they delved into the single region and multiple region. Um, and I just wanted to, to seek your permission to ask for the IEC to come back and just present um, the view that was expressed by the IEC on, on the single and multiple. Because I did hear in the presentation the speaker saying that um, you have to be registered uh, in, in a particular region um, legislature um, and went on to say that the matter was resolved on, on a single region. And I may be... Uh, may have captured it incorrectly, but I just wanted them to just um, clarify that part so that at least we, when we go to taking decisions and finalizing the matter, we, we're clear on it. Thank you, Chair. No, thanks, uh, Honorable Members, for your submissions. Um, uh, Commissioner Love, there seem to be one matter which I think members are. Um, uh, want IEC to adequately deal with um, in relation to uh, what uh, um, appear to be the uh, confusing matter which the IEC is raising. And I may we may raise it outside an understanding of the language uh, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are using or the term you are using. Um, around the participation of uh, uh, independent candidates. Um, and I think that legitimate reasons that are forwarded uh, for attention um, uh, that um, an individual may need to choose where she or he need to participate to avoid um, what you have already indicated in our previous meeting. So I think that is a central matter that members seem to want the uh, um, clarity. Um, and I think on the uh, issue of the regions and uh, multiple participation in the region, uh, uh, which was not yet been carried by the committee, there were views expressed. Um, and as I've opened, when I was giving opening remark, I've indicated that we could not arrive at that determination yet noting the questions that were raised by both Honorable uh, uh, Pile and Honorable uh, uh, Ross that triggered your responses. But in the main, they say um, um, the committee agrees that uh, uh, they consider the uh, submission by the legal counsel um, and the IEC on the column of period um, uh, to remove it. Um, secondly, there's a consideration uh, dominant views that uh, we need to, uh, in principle, um, affirm the um, the agents, and uh, um, I see many to to regulate uh, uh, the uh, the details uh, thereof. Um, and I think we know that we have 
dealt with the issue of the feeling of vacancy. I think the IC managed to broadly um, uh, respond in a manner that members are seeking clarity. Uh, there's a principle that was carried by, by the committee. So that is the only matter that I think we ought to get uh, clarity from the um, uh, from 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 the from the IEC. I'm going to invite uh, the IEC, and I'll come back to members so that we uh, ascertain the decision on the issues that they've uh, proposed. Um, because they've not, uh, um, there was no seconder and on the issues that uh, members have been raising, so that we close on these uh, issues. Commissioner Love, and you'll delegate to your commissioners yes. and the uh, the executive. Um, thanks very much, uh, uh, Chairperson and Honourable Members. I think firstly, um, uh, I, I will deal with a couple of the of the questions and then particularly in relation to the issue of calculations, there was a, a request um, for some clarification in addition to um, the possibility of um, giving uh, using the 2019 figures in order to give some illustration. I will um, uh, ask uh, Mr. Shiburi to indicate whether that's um, possible today or if not, uh, by when it will be possible as well as to clarify. In relation to the um, withdrawing of the of the cooling off period, um, I think that we appreciate the fact that there is um, that understanding. I want to come just to the issue first of party agents. I think that the IEC is um, very uh, clear that it's important for um, the honourable members to be confident that the guiding principles would be established in the primary legislation. The difficulty uh, with regard to giving actual numbers, whether it's one per um, candidate and, uh, and, and political party or, or two, the reality is that, as has been pointed out, first of all, the IEC, as you all know, does not own the voting stations and the availability even of temporary voting stations, which are not desirable, in the first place, um, it's not, uh, you know, large uh, temporary voting stations is not something that is easily accessible uh, to the IEC. More importantly, and I think that this is really um, something to underscore, as you will know, we, um, in terms of the planning period for the logistics of an election, these things have to happen months before. And the arrangement of the different venues and voting stations happens months before. Now, if we don't know months before what the exact size of the ballot paper will be, as you, as you know, the last ballot paper was 48. Maybe the next ballot paper will be 68 or maybe it will be 28. But the point is, without that, the idea that we must guarantee in advance that at least one per party would be able to be there is something that is not um, necessarily going to be possible for us to do, even if um, the venues were easily and readily accessible to us, which, as has been pointed out, is not the case. So we really do ask that um, this be considered again. We we completely understand the concerns 
that um, the honourable members would like to be sure that there isn't going to be arbitrary um, decision-making uh, exercised by any presiding officer, that there isn't going to be any um, unreasonable behaviour or exclusion of um, party agents um, uh, to observe and to do the work of party agents and to help us actually as the IEC to make the elections free and fair. But there are these practical issues. So um, that's the issue of the party agents. The second thing is in relation to um, the question of um, the uh, possibility for an independent candidate uh, to stand um, in different regions for the purposes of region to national for the National Assembly. Um, it appears from what I understand you to be saying, Honorable Chairperson, that the committee itself has not yet resolved this issue. Um, uh, our apologies, we had understood, and it seems that this is not yet resolved, that the committee had decided uh, as a committee to um, uh, put forward the position that an independent candidate um, should only uh, contest in the region where he or she um, is, is um, uh, ordinarily resident. We, if that is not the case, um, we, we accept and we are not in any way recommending or prescribing. I think the, the issue, if the idea is still that the um, honourable members are considering whether an independent candidate, if, if, they, if there is a decision that an independent candidate can stand from, from multiple re, for, in multiple regions for um, uh, regional to national, the, you know, to that uh, section of the seats in the National Assembly, I think the one thing that we would then say is that it would be important for um, the independent who might or, uh, be um, able to get support from many regions to identify which region in the end he or she is coming from. And the, the reason for that is because if that independent a year later um, you know, moves on, resigns or whatever, it would be necessary for everybody to know which region, which regional to national list needs to get uh, um, the next candidate, whether that person is an independent or a member of a political party. But the issue that we had raised or that um, Mr. Shiburi had raised today was that over and above the question of independence going from region to national, there is also the possibility for an independent to stand um, in a region, uh, for, for, uh, sorry, uh, for a provincial uh, legislature, as well as from a region to national. And all that we were saying is that currently, the way in which the legislation is crafted, our understanding is that that would be a possibility. Now, we, I, I hear that there are colleagues, uh, um, uh, amongst them, uh, Mr. Roos, uh, Honourable Member Roos, um, who are suggesting that it is important that um, th there be, a pro that the pro there be some provision that indicates that an independent must, in advance, give an indication um, 
uh, if he or she is elected in both the province as well as um, if in the regional to national list, which he or she would choose and must do so in advance. Um, certainly such a provision could be crafted, but we just maybe would then say to the honourable members that this would as you know, be a different um, would 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 differentiate then um, between what an independent would be obliged to do as opposed to what um, a candidate on a political party list would be obliged to do. Because as you know, a political party can put a member both on a national as well as on a, 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 a sorry a provincial to national list as well as on a provincial list. So. That's just, you know, we understand that the political party is different from an independent in the sense that an independent is one person, but it's whether or not the committee um, wants to make that differentiation, and that would be something we would um, uh, we would defer to you, but we just want to um, point out that this would make a distinction which may or may not be necessary but it would distinguish the um, uh, obligations that political parties have from those that independents have. Um, Chairperson, um, with your permission, um, the other questions really did relate to the issue of the calculations. And I'm going to ask Mr. Shiburi to deal with that and then he could um, find out from the colleagues, um, whether they, they uh, would like to add anything or he can indicate whether there is another colleague. So with your permission, Jefferson, if I could hand over to Mr. Shiburi. Thank you, Commissioner Love. Uh, uh, Commissioner Shiburi. Thanks, Chair. Thanks, uh, VC. Uh, Chair, uh, just in brief, uh, and thanks, Commissioner Alav, for, for summarizing. We understand three emerging things. The first one, we, are, uh, we understand that there is no opposition in an individual contesting both elections, i.e. the National Assembly and the Provincial Legislature. The issue that has been raised, it relates to the mechanics for an independent to upfront uh, to deal with which seat they will occupy. Consistent with our previous crafting, uh, we, the, the crafting will be that the independent candidate will be assigned to the seat that they win by the most votes. So they do not have an option to indicate after the fact or once they've had sight of the result. So it is a deeming provision that where they've received most votes, they will be assigned that they'll be assigned that seat. So the issues of an independent knowing up front and influencing who gets elected or a party that gets elected, those issues do not do not do not arise. The second issue uh, where the members asked the mechanics of effecting a replacement for a seat that is vacated by by an independent. And by way of background, that check. The original bill made provision for vacancies to be filled only for party candidates, and it did not have a corresponding provision for seats vacated by independents. The committee has agreed that this may create a vulnerability to the bill and had asked the commission to advise on a method to facilitate the filling of vacancies left by independents. There were a number of proposals on the table 
some including holding a by-election for the entire region. What we had proposed is what is currently in item 34 of Schedule 1A, i.e. that you do a recalculation of the quota akin to a forfeiture. In other words, you remove the votes and the seat won by the vacating independent. And once you've done that, you recalculate the quota. So you see that the quota is not stagnant. It is influenced by a number of factors. You recalculate the quota. And the point that you've made this morning is that you ensure by way of legal instrument that that recalculation cannot deprive an independent or a party of a seat that they've been already allocated to midterm. And then once you've done that, once you've recalculated the quota, the next party or independent candidate who qualifies is then assigned uh, to, to, to that seat. So we've not changed uh, what is in Schedule 1A as it currently stands in the law. All that we have done is to include a provision that deals with the mathematical possibility that a recalculation of the quota may result in undesirable result, i.e., removing a seat from a from a party or candidate uh, in 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 midterm. Uh, those are the two key issues, Chair, that I wish to dealt with. Uh, the other, the new request is of a simulation. We concede in the presentation that the scenario is mathematically possible, but it will take very few votes. It will arise in instances of very few votes. We will look at the results in 2019, simulate scenarios, and, and come back to the, to the committee if it, is, if it is acceptable, Chair. Uh, we do not have the figures uh, as we speak. Is this chairperson with your permission? Well, I thought Mr. Shibori is still on the platform. I, I am done, Chair. Thank you. Okay, so, so, thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Love. Chair, sorry, it's just that Mr. Shibori has then indicated that he's not um, able to do the simulation, you know, sort of while the, the committee meeting is going on, which I had anticipated. But I think for clarity, it would be useful for us to understand um, from the honourable members what kind of options, because at the moment um, we, we can create a simulation of what would happen um, using the option that the IEC has presented. I'm not very clear about the alternatives from members where we could then use the same figures to look at the alternatives that any members are putting forward because I, if I'm understanding correctly, the honourable members would like to be able to compare in order to um, to come to a final decision. So I think we can confirm that we can, and um, I'll ask Mr. Shiburi just to give an indication by when that we can give you figures, the simulated um, uh, uh, simulation using the figures of 2019 on the option we are presenting. But could you please um, uh, confirm for us the alternatives that um, honourable members would also like the figures for? Thank you. Uh, 
Commissioner Love, are you still on the platform? No, thank you, Chair. I am I'm finished. Thank you. Okay. I wanted to get to uh, propose for decision. Honor play. I see your hand. Uh, yes, Chair. I've, I just heard what um, Commissioner Love has said. But in the presentation that the IEC made this morning, I think it, it covers this, whether we receive that presentation of figures or not. That, and I think that's where the principle must be uh, accepted as, as, as all members, that no party or independent will stand to lose the seat uh, in the event of a vacancy being filled. And if that subsequent uh, amendment's going to be made or the addition of that, because he, you know, they said it was covered in 567, I think it was, in Schedule 1A. Uh, but there was going to be that addition that says that you don't stand to lose it. I mean, if that covers it and in principle we agree, then I don't think there's a need for, for any of the presentations further because it's, it's I think the concern by Honorable Ruiz is that a political party or, or independent stands to lose a seat once they are already in the respective legislature. And if the principle is that they won't, then I'm not sure whether it'll do any harm on, on, on us wanting to even come back with that presentation if it's covered. Okay. Members, those are the issues which uh, the AIC has uh, reflected on. Um, I wanted us just to zoom on three issues so that we work in conclusion of these items. And I think the responses from the IEC were um, sufficient in assisting the committee to uh, move forward. And later I'll bring in the legal service of both state law advisor to comments and the, um, the parliamentary legal service. The understanding of the committee is that we we we, we opt the option of uh, independent participating in multiple regions, uh, and their votes are not uh, uh, aggregated. Um, I'm trying to draw that uh, uh, understanding. Um, secondly, is that the committee's understanding is to resolve to withdraw the uh, cooling of period. And th thirdly, is that uh, the committee agrees that the um, agents, the IEC, will work on the regulations. And the principle outline on the filling of a, a, a vacancy is uh, uh, accepted uh, um, um, by the by the committee, which suggests that uh, uh, in all the issues that were outstanding for the committee to deal with uh, are being uh, uh, accepted by the by by the committee. I want to establish from members if there's um, a contrary view uh, to what the deliberations has been. Um, uh, uh, presented in the comments so that I give opportunity to the state law advisor and parliamentary legal service to make comment um, on the matter that the IEC may need to come and demonstrate, um, uh, um, I think, a suggestion which I am assuming that uh, 
uh, it appears that the principle laid by Honorable Pile, we are all affirm on that, and we may need to proceed uh, to finalize this, uh, this this process. Any contrary view to the matters which yourself members and the deliberation will carry it, um, so that we 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 deal we on the matter. Um, Honorable Ross. No, thank you, Chair. Uh, but Chair, I'll just go in the order in which you you'd mentioned these items. Um, I think that, you know, number one, we'd spoken about uh, one region or multiple regions the last time. I think the the point of this as well was to say that if you are going to allow independence to stand in multiple regions, then we need to go back to the situation where you also balance that with uh, party candidates being able to stand in multiple uh, regions as well. Um, Otherwise, then the system is is then unfair to to party candidates. Um, on the cooling off, yeah, we, we absolutely agree with that. Um, on the agents, um, the 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 DS position is we should have at least one agent each, and I, I do hear the the inputs of uh, Commissioner Love um, on those venues, um, but they they are. Yeah, there, there, are, there are dire consequences in terms of not having agents at a specific time. Um, in terms of the, 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 the perceived freeness and fairness of elections. Um, and then number four, the, the, the DA is clearly objects to, to this recalculation. Um, I think we, we haven't considered the risks clearly. The, the thing is, it's not just about on this, on this recalculation after a vacancy. It's not just about the party that lost the seat keeping the seat. Now we're introducing another element of uncertainty, and that is that that party then, their votes are taken out, including the remainder, and then a recalculation is done. And now we don't know the effect of that next recalculation on, on the quota and where that creates another situation where you have parties that win and lose their seats. So chairperson, our position continues to be that we, we do the initial calculation, you do the first uh, recalculation, and after that, that you have a set election result, and from then on, if a party um, has a vacancy, they fill it from their list. If there's an independent vacancy, then it gets filled from the next highest remainder. Uh, that's it, Jay. Thank. You. So the the views that um, are, uh, Honorable Ross seem not to agree is on the recal recalculation, contrary to what the IST have presented is what I'm establishing uh, members. Any other matter? Okay. Can I get seconded? Uh, uh, seconding for the issues that I've raised, I'll start in the sequence, indicate uh, the matter we second, and then we we we, we close. I'll start in that sequence, Honorable Pile, Honorable Legua, Honorable Ross, Honorable Fase. Honorable Kanyil, Honorable Mudisimta. Chairperson, I, I second that. Thank you. I wanted to, I, I wanted to uh, make it more easier and clear. Um, if you can, uh, we're dealing with the participation of independent uh, in the, uh, independence in multiple regions with no vote aggregated, cooling of period, agent regulated recalculations. Uh, if I can get uh, understanding of seconding on the first point, second point, uh, on the PLA, so it is clearer and on record. 
Chairperson, I second that uh, we'll, that they would be allowed to participate in multiple regions with the clear provision that says you cannot aggregate votes. The second one that we I second we uh, and I propose that initially that the three months cooling off period is removed. And I also said this earlier that uh, agents be allowed and that the bill makes provision for agents to be included, however the number be left to the regulations. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Mulekwa. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I support uh, Honorable Tile on all issues that he has raised. Thank you. Honorable Ross has already made his point. Honorable Kwase. Honorable Kwase. Honorable Kanyele. Uh, thank you, Chaperson. Chaperson, I have been covered by Honorable Ross. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Dissenter. Thank you, Chair. I concur with uh, Honorable Peel all the issues and I support. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, members. I think that uh, is uh, the reflection of the committee on all the issues that uh, are carried and the dominant views that matters that have been uh, were outstanding and raised by. Uh, 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 yourself, members, and uh, we note the objection of Honorable uh, Ross on the matters that leads to um, the recalculation, and all matters have been carried. Can I establish with the parliamentary legal service, or may I start with state law advisors? Um, um, And uh, Mohamed first, if the uh, advocate BA is in the meeting or Mr. Malik Ate is in the meeting, if there's any other matter, um, I will also request the parliamentary legal service to outline hence, that the process that are going to undertake uh, from now on um, in terms of the finalization of the uh, drafting of the A list and the, and the B list. Let me start with State Law Advisor, Parliamentary Legal Service, and Home Affairs. Good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, Honorable Members. It's Soraya Williams. I'm here with um, a colleague, Sarah Governor, and with Ashley Johar. Um, Chairperson, we've noted the, the, um, the proposals made in today's committee, and we'd have to go back and to see what provisions need to be amended in the bill as well as an act, for example, with regard to um, independent candidates standing for provincial legislators and for the National Assembly. We need to look at, um, if we look at clause four of the bill, the proposed um, insertion of Part 3A, Section 31A, which provides that a person may be nominated to contest an election as an independent candidate in a region for the National Assembly or for a provincial legislator. So that will have to change um, they can contest for both and for a provincial legislator. So things like that, we need to sift through the bill to see where those changes need to be made. And if I may, Chair, with regard to um, the points raised with um, party agents, um, 
The Honorable Members made a really valid point. Um, Honorable Pillay, we spoke about the um, we, we spoke about what the bill should contain, the primary legislation, and what should be left for regulations. Jay. If we look at the act, um, if we look at the act, um, chapter five, section fifty-eight provides for the appointment of agents and it provides for every registered party contesting an election may appoint two party agents for each voting station. We, we propose that, that the Act provides for the, at very least, a minimum to mirror the provisions of the Act. So, for example, if party agents are going to have one, um, at, at least a minimum of one agent, uh, political party having at least a minimum of one agent, something it should be for independent candidates to have at least a minimum of one agent. And then it can be further regulated in the regs. We can have a provision in the bill which provides the least minimum, and then um, it can be further regulated in the regs, and the bill can also um, authorize that the regs provide, the regulations provide for, for the other matters pertaining to the party agents. But we propose that it provides for the least minimum, at least in the current legislation. Um, Anything else? That's 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 all for now, Chair. But we have to um, consider. We have to go through the bill and and the act and, and the other legislation relating to this matter, like the Electoral Commission Act, and see what provisions may be impacted on, and to see what provisions will require further amendments as a result of today's discussion, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, I've noted. Uh, Commissioner Love's end. I'll come back to you, Commissioner Love. Parliamentary Legal Service. Daksha. Um, Chair, Mr. Siviri, uh, Jukela is on the platform and I think he would like the floor. Oh, oh okay. Noted. Um, Mr. Jukela. Uh, good morning, Chairperson. Um, yeah, Chairperson, I think the state law advisor in their intervention has covered most of the issues. I think what is left for me to say, Chairperson, is simply to confirm the point that she made, that we, it is possible that some of the changes may result in other consequential amendments. So we need to carefully go through the entire bill just to see that we don't leave anything out, we, 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 which may flow from the amendments that have been proposed now. So that is the exercise, Chairperson, that is going to commence once this meeting is finished between us and the state law advisor. And now and then, we may want to touch base with the IEC as well, just to clarify certain things in terms of drafting and the practicalities of implementation of the legislation at the end of the day. So that exercise, Chairperson, will commence immediately after the meeting. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Njikela. I assume that uh, actually there's no any other issue to raise. Chair, okay. all I would like to also say is that I agree with what the state law advisor said in relation to agents, that the Act at least provide for the minimum. This way, the Act will provide legal certainty that um, at least one agent will be available um, for either party or an independent candidate at the voting stations. We've heard the, 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 the issues regarding the practicalities. But for the purposes of certainty, um, you know, we, we I agree that the act itself should should provide the bare minimum, and then 
whether it's more that whether more agents can be accommodated at the voting stations can then be left to the discretion of the IEC. Um, we welcome the PC's decision on removing the cooling off period, um, uh, especially for the reasons that the IEC said that it was unenforceable and impractical. And as the state law advisors and Mr. Chikela has said, depending on, uh, in, in light of the decisions taken here at the PC meeting this morning, the bill will have to be scrutinized in its entirety to look for all the consequential amendments that will need to be made. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, I will invite um, Commissioner Love. Your hand is up. Um, thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. And uh, uh, thanks for the um, uh, further inputs from the honorable members. Chairperson, um, two things. First of all, I wanted to um, indicate that um, we would like, if possible, if um, uh, Mr. Roos could just uh, drop us a note to give us um, any information about the alternative scenario that he would like us to use the 2019 figures so that we, uh, we clearly understand what alternative he's putting forward for purposes of um, uh, how we fill a vacancy um, and, and do those calculations. And then we'll use the figures to, to as much as possible, uh, demonstrate that alternative scenario. And the scenario that we are presenting, we will then add to that and we would able, this is purely for purposes of information for the committee, we will then be able to uh, provide those to your chairperson uh, early next week. Um, and hopefully once we've received something from Mr. Ruiz, that as well. Second thing, chairperson, with your permission, um, when I started today, I was not aware that um, the fifth commissioner who has um, had his appointment confirmed, Mr. Mashinini, is in disguise as iPad 2. And I just wanted, um, on behalf of the commission, to uh, uh, appreciate the fact that we are now um, five commissioners at full strength, given that um, uh, Mr. Mashinini has uh, now joined us. and. He's not in a position, he tells me, to um, necessarily uh, to change his, the name from iPad 2, but that, who, that is who iPad 2 is. So um, uh, thank you, Chairperson. I just wanted to let you know that. I don't know whether iPad 2 wants to also greet you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Um, uh uh, Deputy Commissioner Love, um, we we uh, thanks for that uh, notice or informing the committee that uh, Mr. Machinini or the president has confirmed uh, Mr. Machinini to form part of the commissioners. Uh, we congratulate uh, him. Uh, we think uh, he will continue to uh, execute collectively. Uh, the good work of the uh, the IEC on behalf of our our people, and he will uh, catch up with uh, where we are in terms of the uh, electoral uh, amendment bill uh, process. And we think in the next uh, meeting he will be more or on the subsequent meetings uh, he will uh, uh, participate. Thank you very much. We note also the requests that uh, you have. Uh, 
requested uh, members to uh, uh, to note uh, the commission so that you are able to demonstrate uh, uh, the areas or the concerns that uh, have been raised by 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 honorable ross i think in that spirit uh, honorable ross will do that uh, and will create a space to uh, for members also to benefit on that point we also want to thank the legal uh, team, Parliamentary Legal Service, for their comment and the issues that uh, they've uh, uh, raised and the state law advisors in follow-up the deliberations that uh, the committee and members uh, for able to have uh, deliberated on the issues and the IEC have responded uh, on technical issues. I must highlight that that uh, the, the legal team and both the committee could not, uh, as a result of the implementation area of the AIC. I want to thank you, Commissioner Love, uh, Commissioner Masuku, and all commissioners, Commissioner Muyabza, uh, for having uh, with the, the team and the portfolio committee, uh, particularly on these technical areas that they were to navigate uh, out. The CEO, Mr. Mamabolo, and uh, uh, Mr. Shibori and your team, um, Deputy Minister, uh, thanks for uh, also uh, leading the Home Affairs Advocate BS and all councils uh, for making sure that at least clarity has been um, exerted to all members and those are participating and following uh, so that we're able to, to control. We'll await for that uh, uh, draft uh, A list so that we were able to move forward on this matter. And if there will be other issues that will be arising, um, as Mr. Njikela is raising, the committee will then indicate uh, to that. I want to establish if there's any, no, any other matter in relation to this process which uh, members will want to raise. Um, I assume I've outlined the summary carried by yourself, uh, committee members, in terms of how we've arrived and concluded on, some, on the issues that uh, we are outstanding. Okay, if there's no any other matter, I want to also invite Mr. Matonsi or Mr. Ma, Mr. Matonsi uh, to give us uh, um, indication or announcements and the process that's going to follow, then we uh, work towards uh, concluding our meeting. Uh, okay, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, uh, we next week we we have applied to meet on Tuesday to to deal with the issue of the of the A list to adopt or to get the briefing from the state law advisors uh, and and adopt the A list on Tuesday. And there will be other matters uh, that uh, they come to presentation from the from the department. Uh, Chairperson, one other issue was that, that there is a portfolio committees of police and uh, minerals and energy. They went to uh, Kruger's Gop where uh, there were issue of the Zamazamas. They are there. They left yesterday. They are there today and tomorrow. And then um, uh, with our committee also, we were supposed to have gone there but the, the issue was that we had this meeting today that we could not postpone. 
So, Chairperson, uh, we did not make an application as a portfolio committee on home affairs, but uh, there, there was a, a verbal uh, uh, invitation by, by the Committee on Minerals and, and Energy. So, since we did not make an application, members that are able to go, they could able to go there uh, tomorrow, especially tomorrow, because the Minister of Home Affairs is uh, is appearing before the two committees to give an update. I think the in terms of the agenda is from 11.30 to 12.30 in the morning. So members that are able to go there, they will go there as part of their constituency uh, uh, work, not uh, uh, as part of the committee, but as part of their constituency work, because any expenses that will be incurred, uh, Parliament was not able to, to cover that because of we did not make an application. There was no indication that we needed to go there. That's all, Chairperson. Uh, I'll send the program on the WhatsApp group so those members that will need to go then then they can see where the meeting is going to take place and what time. Thanks, Chairperson. Okay, thank you very much for that update. Uh, it will be advisable that uh, um, members who will be want to attend uh, tomorrow may give uh, Mr. Matunzi and that indication so that at least inform the other two uh, uh, committees uh, uh, that their fellow members from Home Affairs will be attending the oversight, particularly uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, I think that will be, will be appreciated. With that, I think we have received all the issues that the committee has to deal with. Um, I want to thank you on behalf of the members, of the honorable members of the committee uh, for uh, today's portfolio committee meeting and the deliberations and the decision that we carried and what uh, we'll be expecting in the A-list, draft A-list. And uh, thanks very much, the uh, meeting stand agent. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.